What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. I'm your host, Johnny Destructor. With me this week is Rob Patey from RobPatey.com. Hello. 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 Also, as always, the, huh? the bald bastard Mark underscore huh? L underscore Miller. I'm waiting for pizza. Waiting on that pizza, son. It'll walk out right in the middle of our first review. <laughs> I will. And I'll eat it right in your ears. No, right into the microphone. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Yep. I could eat pizza every day. I could too. It's so goddamn good. Yeah, I just change where I get it from. It's like changing a meal. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a completely different thing. If you get it I can't because there. I have a crippling intestinal disorder and my body doesn't process the uh, breads that well. <laughs> To ruin the fun for everyone else, there, Rob. <laughs> it's it's not that great, Rob. You're not missing anything. No, I mean I've had Mark, it before. So I, 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 you know, I, so I know what it is. It's so good. I know. But you're not missing. You're not missing anything. No, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's so good, though. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I'm just I'm just sucking on a piece of kale right now. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even chewing. You're just. Just, just gingerly. That's kind of what pizza tastes like, really. If yeah. I chew it, then I have to digest oh, yeah. it. And once again, it's we're back to like the pizza thing. It's okay. just yeah. So I suck on kale for nourishment. Gross. All right, yeah. uh, let's read an email. Email. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> this one comes from uh, Christopher Goodnight, which he, he sent this email twice. Because mm, must be because we didn't read it in a timely enough fashion, I guess he just <laughs> resent it. <laughs> I think this is what we need, though. Is oh we yeah, play catch up on the two years of voicemails yeah. as well. So we a little prod once in a while doesn't hurt. Don't make it a regular. It's fine. Yeah, because then it'll just be white noise. All yeah. right, here we go. <clears throat> Listening to you three talking about the metal crossover. You pretty much nailed what's wrong with it. They made three events into one large crossover. The Demon Barbatos storyline slash Batmetal, the Search for Carter Hall, and the Dark Knights Rising. The dark versions of Batman as his six teammates and one arch-villain alone would have made a great crossover. The metal stuff, I don't give a crap about. Same with the Demon Barbatos. It's just not interesting. Maybe if it was like JD suggested and all of their weapons turned out to be made from the secret metal, then yeah. But as it stands, I don't care. 
The search for Carter Hall, if it was all as good as the one-shot, then it would have been great. But there was no need to mix him in with this nonsense. To add those three stories and then add in three crossover minis like this Wild Hunt that's coming out, that's the kind of shit that drove me away from Marvel. The one crossover mini with Teen Titans, Nightwing, Green Arrow, and Suicide Squad was fun, but the Batman rogues taking over Gotham has been done before. And to drag this whole story over the course of a year is just ridiculous. Plot it out, write it out, draw it out, and put it out in a month with five Wednesdays. We live in a binge society, and it's time comics got in that mindset. As for Flash, I don't have a problem with two Wally West because, like I said, I have a cousin who shares my name, so it isn't that odd for me. The only difference is they're both named after the same guy. As for the re reveal at the end, I too confuse Reverse Flash and Zoom, so the big surprise really meant nothing to me. I've been reading Flash since Rebirth, and the art fluctuates from great to astounding to better than I can do, but still disappointing. The only request is, please bring back Bart, or more than just the Batman of Tomorrow crossover with Bart, Connor, and Cassie. As for The Good Place, the television show, I loved season one and two. Don't worry, JD, I won't spoil season two. My biggest problem with it, it felt like they cast two big stars and then got a bunch of people from community theater to fill out the cast. In reality, I think most of them are from the world of improv, but the main four, Tahani, Jason, uh, Janet, and Chidi, are all unknowns, and that threw me at first. Still, you grow to And that other unknown, uh, Ted Danson. Yeah. Uh, Saint Saucy Goodnight. So uh, he has a cousin named Saint Saucy? Yeah, that makes How sense. How weird. Yeah. Odd. <laughs> now, I was just thinking, his, his dad and his uncle, they fucking hate each other. Like, who has a kid named Christopher already and goes, yeah, should we call him Christopher? Yeah, that'll really fuck with family, uh, family gatherings. Mm -hmm. That's the only thought that can go through your head. Yep. Oh, that sucked. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there's only one of them that listens to this podcast, though. So he's the best one. <laughs> but that's the only part of the question we should answer. <laughs> is there another? There part are of no the question? questions. He was, was just. Wasn't even a question. Yeah, there were no were questions. questions. He was. He was. He was being part of the conversation. Yeah. Okay. He's okay. just chiming in with his three cents, dog. I didn't. I didn't read the wild. Wild. The wild hunt. No, me neither. So we'll probably be lost once again. Oh, when yeah. the what next do you mean once again? Still, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no. Yeah, we never caught up. Ugh. Oh, goddamn it! Ick. It, it's the, we, you do not need. We have not explored the multiverse enough since it was introduced by Grant Morrison and stared at every night by Bug with his stupid fucking poster he got at Comic Con. Hey man, I have to have something to aim at. I got fifty-two different targets. It's like, oh <laughs> you can prove your accuracy evening after evening. I understand, um, wow. but you know, we we haven't explored every one of those worlds that Doug has, or Bug is spooged upon, and then they introduce this underverse. And I, I go, really, we're going to open up another fifty-two worlds to not give a fuck about after the miniseries that introduces them is over? Nay. I will not be misled again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I um, think that's ridiculous. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, are we doing a show? I'm sorry. I was reading the next email. Uh, no one's listening to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> no, I was listening. I think it's. I, I think it feels like it feels like um, that 
it's it almost feels like um, like there's like a 52 and then Scott Snyder won in 52 universes to play with by himself. That's 104. We don't need him. Don't right. we though? Maybe we do. No, no we probably don't. So no, we don't. You're right. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Fifty-two channels and nothing on. I got another email. Thank God. Okay, this one. No, you can't. No, no, you do not get to do the theme theme music. I won't. I won't encourage them until every every email. No. So this one's from Uh, the home dad abroad. Uh, hey, not tards. I just wanted to write in and say hi without any references that could possibly pinpoint this email to a particular day, month, year, or specific podcast. Especially since the last time I whipped out an email mere seconds after finishing a quick listen immediately post-publishing, which snarkily referenced the extended absence of spoiler alert from the cult pop network family of time wasters, JD opted to skip the old reliable email folder full of inquisitive and spunky retorts. Instead, he chose to follow up that episode with a centuries-old dive into antiquated voicemails, utterly foregoing my email and leaving that document of poor, defenseless sarcasm to suffocate in the desert of J.D.'s indifference. Thanks a lot. The little... I'm going to get a pizza. I'll be right back. <laughs> Damn it. The... So, the au- so the audience hates you more for hoarding their communications than we do. Cool. Uh, Thanks a lot, he says. The little guy never even had a chance to try to put you all in your place before getting ramrodded by Douche's acerbic wit, JD's relentless apologizing, or Bug's inability to focus long enough on a response, leaving him to babble out a string of stuttering non sequiturs. Therefore, in honor of the memory of my sad, maltreated, and ignored email, this email right here, the one you are currently not reading on the show, (laughs) that that spits its breath full of spite directly into your stunned, gaping maws, shall be the very last, final, end-all email that I, the home dad abroad, shall ever deign to send your way again. Ever. Period. Until, Until the next one. Love you guys, mostly the home dad abroad. Oh, that was a good one. Oh shit! Wow, we're uh, we are more transparent than fucking Saran wrap, aren't we? God damn, this is amazing. Jeez. Do I apologize a lot? I guess I do. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, you missed it. I hope you're enjoying your pizza. Yeah, really, asshole. You missed the best part of probably the past seven years of doing this shit. Damn um, it! What I miss? So, no, we're not telling you. All right, so home dad abroad. Do me a favor, <laughs> resend that email that I didn't read. I get a lot. There's a lot of things in my email, and it's hard to sort through them all. Um, so do what Christine do Saucy Goodnight should, does, should. and just keep sending them until I read them. You should do folders. Oh, I should. I know. And this is the adorable thing about Jadles. He doesn't want to delete any of the adoration. So. Oh, I know. I don't delete any I... of the emails. They're all still there. I know. That's why. It's, did, did we read? Um, yeah. Did what? we read this from seven years ago? <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I was scrolling through old adoration. That's to be <laughs> fair, they're not all the adoration. <laughs> I needed to hear some adoration. Sometimes and, uh, I just have Sushan opening them, open them up at random, and then just read them to me while we have intercourse. While so and, and, I, and I just cry and apologize. <laughs> That's, um, I really have no idea why she chose you. Oh, me neither. Me neither. (laughs) Makes zero sense. She's made a terrible mistake with her life. 
Oh god. Oh, oh thank you. But so I don't wait, was there a reason for, Oh, so the only the only reason for this email was to berate us for not reading his last email. Correct. Okay, okay there was nothing yeah, this because... is literally an email about his email. Anyway, I'm sorry. We are I, – I, man, I do. You're right. I do apologize a lot. So let's move on to the comic books. Thank you so much for emailing us, everybody who has written in and sent us voicemails. We do have some more voicemails lined up, but uh, we are running long. We should move into the comics. All right. Days of Hate number two from Image by Alice Cott, Daniel Zezel, and Jordi yep. Belair. Dan, Daniel Zezel. Did you zizzle my kneezle? You listened to it. You brought it up last time on Google pronounces for me because my mouth is. And, and what did it say? Zizzle. Is that Zizzle? I, I, I said that I exact same I joke forgot. last time too. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. All right. The plan. So, you know what? The new thing I'm doing is going on to like image.com and seeing what the, um, the, the description is kind of like the IMDB version of what we do, the horror podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the, like all it, it says for Days of Hate number two is the plan is set in motion. Mm. So cool. But I did find this other one. I went, I went Googling. After Amanda's attack on the white nationalist dining haven, the U.S. is reeling in the fallout. Amanda herself is lying low with her companion, but her ex-wife, Jing, is helping the government track her down. The investigating agent, Freeman, is eager to get the job done. That's that's a little bit better description than the plan is set in motion. Um, a little so bit. So this this felt even so, though the plan was set in motion last time. That's yeah. It, it's also uh, not a pro, an appropriate description <laughs> because the no. plan was set in motion already. Um, many comic books out there, many months have plans that are set in motion. Most comics are plans yeah. set in motion. That's what you call a descriptor before you actually know what the issue's about. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, this is more like uh, the plan is set in motion, and then we have a bunch of vignettes of each of the couples talking to each other in various uh, settings. Mm-hmm. That's what all this all this issue is is getting to which know... was basically last time too. Yeah, well, except for or the boom. Of... Yeah, um, this one didn't even have the boom. But I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. How I do... don't. Yeah, how do you feel about it? Tell me more. How's your? Oh, wait. First of all, pause. How's your pizza? Yeah. It's pretty good. What kind did you get? Pretty good. I'm trying not to chew into the microphone. I, we appreciate that. It's a local pizza. No, no, no. Fuck, I don't know what the fucking... What kind of pizza is it? Oh, it's pepperoni. Dope. All right, go. What did you think of Days of Hate number two? Uh, Yeah, I don't hate it. It's an extremist comic. It's it's about these guys that are extremists, and they're, they're willing to break the law in order to get their cause out there, and... Uh, and then also there are they're fighting people who will break the law um, at the same time. So uh, they're kind of fighting against a little bit ramped up fascist America. Um, but it's not so ramped up that it's 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 just a tweets ramped up. You know what I mean? Well, I did notice that in one of the uh, uh, I want to say it was the um, the news broadcast they had mentioned mm-hmm. that there's the alt right and then the the extreme left, and mm-hmm. they blamed everything on the extreme left. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what it seems like, and maybe I maybe I have this wrong, but this sort of feels to me the elevator pitch is all right. What if it's a book about terrorism, but we flipped it, and and it's like um, leftists are terrorists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it usually has been leftists are terrorists. Timothy McVeigh. 
Patty Hearst. I mean, it's usually leftists that are terrorists. Okay. David David Koresh. Well, no, I I think it's they really are doing a, a, a sort of decent job of fleshing out these characters to show the humanity despite their extremity. Yes. Um, and the fact that like even the guy from last uh, the the I don't know is he a CIA guy? He goes home and he's taking care of his his kids. He's taking care of his family. He's saying he wants to protect his kids from the monsters under his bed and stuff like that. So I do think that it's like actually trying uh not to make these into cartoon characters um because i I often see like in these like political comics it's like there will be a very well-developed um one side and uh just a a cartoonish version of the other and so i think i think because of that that's kind of that's that's a little different than what we have seen have usually seen that's true yeah yeah the other you know the other part of that character we had the part you described was directly after him being on a plane mm-hmm. and him sort of vaguely threatening the muslim woman next to him and then yeah. asking to be sat at a different part of the plane where he's not near her he, he basically says that she's not human um, yeah and yeah. then he goes home and then his wife loves him and she misses him <clears throat> and he loves her and then the kid's scared about the monster under the bed so he crawls into bed with dad and mom and blah 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 so yeah, yeah. It shows both, yeah. you know, both uh, versions. But I mean, at this, at the same time, it's got the other guys who had just they just murdered a, a bar full of people. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, despite the fact that they're, yes, they're white supremacists and everything like that, but they're still people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they still were murdered. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that both, yeah, both sides are just like uh, it feels a little bit more evenly. This is more of like a shades of gray area. Um, that you and it it's kind of fueled by this relationship between this yeah. this these two women whose relationship has kind of fallen apart. Yeah, I'd say that I'd say like if I had to pick a number, there's probably maybe forty nine shades of gray in this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely dark. I wasn't looking forward to um, reading this second issue. Oh, really, you weren't. I, now, I thought you liked the first now issue. That I did. I did, but I just. I like a lot of first issues, oh, that's... But not not, a, not enough to like go back to them. Yeah. And so, but once I did, I was I, I I mean, this was one of the better ones this week that we read. Yeah. At least I feel. Yeah, I think it really did play um, a, an interesting thin line in between, um, you know, um, the two extremes. Uh, it, 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 I agree with everything you said. I'm not going to repeat yeah. it, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Rob. Yeah. Nope. Didn't like it. The political turmoil is far too stark and now and real. It doesn't have enough of that forward bend slant to it. Um, it's no different than than trying to watch, you know, three or four different news channels right now. Yeah. And it doesn't have that. I, we still don't really know what this inciting apocalypto event was, right? That turned it into a rightist nation state. Did that get revealed? No. Okay. You, I, I but you feel like it's, it's necessary? Absolutely. Okay. Because all yeah. I'm seeing is our current conversation, our current situation with an occasional tank thrown. You know, I mean, we, we, have a, we have a school shooting in the news, okay, once again. And this blowing up of a bunch of rednecks, I believe that I could absolutely see that, you know, sometime tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And the art, the art is so ugly that like halfway through this, 
I just had to put it down for a little bit. And I just imagined a clown playing with scat instead of balloons being more <laughs> visually appealing to look at than what I was. Hmm. Yeah. So, nope. Uh, uh, thanks for that image while I'm eating pizza. I definitely understand again, that the art is not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you can I, say I, I kind of like the art. I'm, I'm like a, I, I like kind of different art. And like this reminds me a little bit of a heavily darkened Mark Texiera a oh, little bit. Yeah. Mm. You know that guy? And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like the, the, the contrast is on way too high on mm-hmm. some of these things. And if they just went back a little bit on these inks, I think it would be a little bit more visually appealing. Yeah. It certainly, I, I feel like the art matches the you know, the theme of the book, though. Muddy and mm-hmm. indecipherable? Uh, I wouldn't say it's indecipherable, <laughs> but it's definitely muddy. Muddy is a great word to use, and I will absolutely uh-huh. agree with that. Um, right, indecipherable, yeah. I'm going to say it's a bit harsh, but it's definitely muddy, for sure. Yeah. There were big panels in this la- in the last issue, the first issue, that felt as if the colors weren't doing the, the it justice, but here it feels like the colors have been brought up a little bit mm. and um, it's a little bit more, I, for me, it's a little easier to, to cipher out, but um, not for everybody, it seems. Also, I do, you know, uh, just to, to say something nice, I do think that the layouts are great. Um, like yeah. the, the, the camera, for lack of a better word, um, is moving around in interesting ways for different, different scenes. I, I did enjoy that. Decent POV. Yes, he does have a he does have an interesting eye for like the tank scene where she's walking past the tank. That panel that was a very interesting point of view. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. perspective. It's not all just like yeah. medium shots and close ups. There's like um, mm-hmm. long shots from from like the bird's eye view stuff like that. It's nice, but yeah, the, um, the inks are real dark. There, this, and there's this just, one there, is called "Of Days Hate." Last issue was days hate, <laughs> days hate of. So yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, not super into the the cover text. <laughs> and that that that's another thing is that there's levels of pretension to this book that I can't get past, like that cover, and then what you just read on the website for a description. Yeah, like yeah. that's levels of pretentiousness, like mm-hmm. to there, completely yeah. break reading norms and description norms to that <clears throat> level. You're mm-hmm. just kind of saying. I know people look at it because me. Well, I, and I think um, this Alice Cott is very definitely taking, um, he, he definitely has his own sort of brand of political sort of stuff that he's doing. Um, like, just look at the back, like the back matter of this book where it's, it shows there's a book he's coming out called uh, The New World. There's one called Zero that he has had, had out. Um, Generation, Generation Gone. Gone. All of them are all about topical issues, just sort of tweaked for the sci-fi, um, but only barely, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's usually some of the best stuff is the stuff that's just mildly tweaked. I think if I just got caught up on Paper Girls, who using yeah. yeah, okay, it ends up being major, major fucking tweaks in some cases, but it is the subtle tweaks that are the most enjoyable moments. So that's okay. But yeah. show me, show me the tweak, tweak yeah. me and let me see it. Okay. When you tweak me. Oh, good. Tweak me. Oh, you're eating. I could good. I could use a good tweaking. Sure. Lock jaw. Number one <clears throat> from Marvel comics. Yeah. 
Brought to us by Daniel Kibblesmith, Carlos Kid. Villa, and Roberto <laughs> Poggi. Poggi? Hmm. Whatever. Yeah. His name I... is Kibble. Kibble Smith. Like Kibbles. <laughs> like for a no, dog. Like for I got it. It's cute. Like he's a maker of it because he's a smith of kibble. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, I got to take my dog down to the kibble smith and get him some food. Right. <laughs> All right. So Lockjaw, um, let's see. What, what do they have to say about that? Uh, at long last, the dog has his day. Lockjaw spends most of his time defending the Inhuman Empire alongside Black Bolt and Medusa. But when he gets a message that his long lost litter mates are in danger, he'll spring into action to save them. But wait. Lockjaw has brothers and sisters? Can they teleport? Are they inhuman? Can they possibly be what? as gosh darn cute as their big brother? All the answers are here. Get ready for an adventure worth fetching for. Wow. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. Did you, get, did you guys read it? Yeah, that's a horrible description. That makes it way more cheesy than it is. Also, my reading was pretty horrible, so that didn't help. But... I I really liked this issue. Yeah, I loved it actually. Is Lockjaw I mean, the nailed... best boy, the goodest boy? He is the goodest boy. He's adorable. The, the, the name of this book is, or the name of this chapter is, "Who's a good boy?" <laughs> Lockjaw's a good boy. Abuja, 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 abuja. That's oh, it's the same. And they rub, rub any animal's belly. Abuja, 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 abuja. Well, it 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 does what I love about. I was complaining about this last week. Um, it takes some obscure characters, throws them together, and puts them on an adventure. And it's like, I'm sure this is not going to sell. This won't be popular. Like, people will not go for it and everything like that. Because, like, all, any comic book that I like, and it has obscure characters and stuff like that, they uh, they cancel it. Or they it, it just kind of fades in a way. It's, well, it's marketing like that. Huh? Yeah. D-Man. Yeah, D-Man is awesome. It's more D-Man's story than Lockjaw's. Lockjaw oh. is just a plot device so we can explore the <laughs> current horrific state of D-Man's life. Poor D-Man. <laughs> yeah, D-Man, D-Man is, 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 has, has seen better days. But, um, but yeah, he is his D-Man's boyfriend broke up with him. He's basically just couch surfing, and, or not even couch surfing, he's staying... He still has his place, but there's like pizza He's boxes surfing everywhere. his own couch. Surfing his own couch and then just watching TV the whole time. His um, his landlord, the owner of Lockjaw's brother, is just one of those sweet old people trying to understand gay. Yeah. She's like, yeah. She goes, you're not like one of those scary gays on the cable news. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he's lost most of his powers or his strength um, that he used to have. Uh, and, you know, he all of a sudden, it turns out that his landlord has one of Lockjaw's uh, siblings, even though he's a little dog. Oh, he's a little Lockjaw. He's oh, it's Lockjaw. adorable. It's so fucking cute. He's and a puppy Lockjaw. Lockjaw. Lockjaw hones in. Lockjaw's chilling at the, uh, the um, Inhumans on the dark side of the moon, which I didn't know they went back to the moon. Did they? Oh, I don't know. I guess they did. Who cares? Um, anyway, that my least favorite part was when I saw the Inhumans. Yeah, that's my least favorite part of any comic book. Yeah, I mean the whole thing of of Medusa and Black Bolt just like snuggling on a on a bed that just that just kind of I don't know I I just that annoyed me. 
Well, especially since the last time we saw them, they were like at each other's fucking throats. He was out in the nightclub and she was fucking Johnny Storm. Yeah. So now she's trying to, I don't know, I don't know. They're trying to rekindle. Um, But once he left and he was just with D-Man, it was pretty fun. Um, to be and, fair, uh, Bug, Bug, that was only like one page. So I mean, that was like not, four pages. Not. It starts out, and we get Black Bolt. We get a second page with uh, um, Karnak, and then we get uh, him running through the thing, and he runs past Crystal and Luna. And, and uh, the part with Karnak was cute. It was. I'm just saying the canoodling between Medusa and Black Bolt was one page. Okay, yeah, that page. Okay, that page was annoying. That page was annoying. Right? Um, Just that, for the audience. And the, anyway, the, the uh, new little lockjaw, the little brother's name is Bixby. Bixby. He's so cute. Hmm, he's and cute. They fight space hamsters. That's That was fucking hilarious. Their battle moves, their yeah. call signs, and their battle moves. Snowball, <laughs> snowball the skitter critter. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then they end up in the Savage Land. Or maybe if it's if D Man is saying it is Savage Land. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that says it. He's, he calls he calls Kazar a magnificent beast. Yes. Not with it. Oh, I thought he was talking about the tiger. No, I'm so he is fucking not. stupid. As, I know you're right. I'm I'm just dumb to sexuality. It's just me. It's my blind side. Yeah. You're right. He's he's totally commenting on you're right, you know, you're on Kazar's right, right. lat your Kazar's thing abs. Your thing makes more sense. Yes. yes. So if um, I may, but, real quick, I'm flipping through this, and we had done Squirrel Girl. We didn't do we didn't do Squirrel Girl. We read Squirrel Girl way 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 back. Right? Did yeah. you guys like Squirrel Girl? Uh, I felt like you didn't like. That sp- was too. That was no, too I cutesy. Dude, he's has... fighting hamsters. Yeah, but but there's some real world problems in here with D Man. Oh yeah, and it, there's there's heft. Yeah, he's like, he's he is powerless, directionless, uh, you know, partnerless. Uh, just everything in his life. His his sister shows up at the hospital. He punches his television because basically, his he's a uh, um, question on Jeopardy, and no one gets the answer. Wheel of Fortune. No, it isn't. It's Jeopardy. It's he says, "What is? Who is D Man? Who is D Man?" And I thought the guy, it was Wheel of Fortune. This former yeah. UCWF wrestling champion also fought real life villains alongside Captain America. He's like, "Who D Man? Who is D Man? Who is D Man?" Jeopardy. Cute. So, um, anyway, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. There's more heft than just like kind of like I'm Squirrel Girl and I. And I'm being I cute. My yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, it, it just felt this felt like more real. Plus, it's got like you, you know Zabu and Kazar. That's a, that's awesome. I love those two characters too. Zabu is the tiger. Yeah. Cool. Plus, uh, Lockjaw with the man. Plus the scat clown that I imagined from the last book are more competent than Squirrel Girl. Oh. <laughs> Squirrel Girl is is. A, is like working every issue to overcome the improbability of Squirrel Girl beating a Celestial or Galactus or Thanos or, or you know, you, it's constantly happening. And so if it happens constantly, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not, Interesting. it's not good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also, it's also that person. 
it's that personality type that throws out a hundred jokes trying to make one stick versus a person who's just kind of there and just kind of naturally funny. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know how that feels. Yeah, he mentioned it in the email this week. <laughs> that was one of the parts you missed when getting your pizza, by the way. Yeah, you, wait, I wasn't going to say it because nah, I didn't want to hurt Mark's feelings. But when he listens to the episode, he'll find out. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, Silencer. Silencer number two uh, from DC Comic Books <clears throat> by John Romita Jr., Dan Abnett, and Sandra Hope. Uh, this is another number two. Look at us doing more than just first issues. The world's deadliest assassin thought she was out, but the past won't let her leave. Talia Al Ghul's violent disappearance has led to a mystery that could cost Honor Guest the lives of her family, and to defend those she loves, Honor must once again don the mantle of the Silencer. Seeking information from the neutral ground of the Assassin's Armory, Silencer gets more than she bargained for, as the most monstrous forces of the underworld descend for the kill. I loved it again! I loved it! I loved it two times. Yep. Amazing. The, Fucking amazing. This book is dope. Was, was what's his name in it? I t- at, keep keep going. Use your words. I, so I didn't get to I didn't get to read this one, and I'm very sad that I didn't get to read it. Should um, be the guy with the holsters on his calves. <laughs> oh right. Uh, who was that? What was that dude's name? I I, I think so. Right. He's because the fight that was going on in the end of the last issue picks mm-hmm. up directly yeah. there. Um, okay. And uh, he's got shoulder pads. Where's he at? Where's he at? I'm he, he's got screen. holsters everywhere. Yeah. That's the one she shoots in the shins, right? Yes. Oh, I hope yeah. she didn't hit his holsters. <laughs> she shot him in the shins. He shot him right in the holster. That's his weakness. Oh yeah. yeah all but... right. So that. All right. So yo, Mark, that guy. He he he's uh. It looks like he's a human, but it's sentient blood. Oh, cool. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, he had a blood thing. His, like, name was Blood something. Right. Blood vessel. The only living part blood of him. Blood vessel. The only oh, living man. part of him is his blood housed in a cyborg body chassis host. What? Yes. That is awesome. Yes, it yeah, is. It is yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, not only, not only is a cyborg uh, with living blood, but, yeah, he's got uh, holsters on his, on his shins. Uh, I mean, with blood vessel and kill box are you kidding me those two names those two characters are just awesome the way they are yeah. i just love those those names uh, great great character great use of retro 90s kind of character just design weirdness yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. breacher she's also fighting breacher <laughs> breacher yeah. he makes big holes with noisy toys <laughs> <laughs> this is like it goes back and forth with absolute you know in between absolute fucking ridiculousness but then also i like her and her family yeah yeah i can't wait to re- i honestly can't wait to read this issue i'm I'm really looking forward to it i'm sad that i didn't get to but um how how did they uh how how did it go along i mean you know you can spoil it for me i'll, I'll still read it but, well the, um. she you know of course she defeats breacher and blood vessel um no. and then you know, while trying to protect Talia Al Ghul, that's one of the issues yeah. I have with this. Is like, what? There's an image of Talia Al Ghul hiding behind a car while she, you know, everything's getting riddled with bullets, and she's like hiding with her her head in her hands, and that is not Talia Al Ghul as I have come no. to know her. Um, She'd be like catching the bullets in her teeth. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> eh, something like that. But um, it's this is not, well, not the that, Talia but... that that I'm I've ever read in my life. 
Um, so that that's a little off putting. <clears throat> Her characterization. Well, we also, we also don't. We also don't know the Talia POV on this. She could have been strategically just lying in wait to escape. Mm, you know, true. we're not hearing her part of the conversation, which... Also, mm. she may also be um, manipulating our main character, Silencer, right? So yes. We're right. getting it from Silencer's POV, where mm-hmm. uh, Talia might just be playing possum. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Sure. Um, also, for a super... <laughs> another, another small, I'm going to nitpick. For a super tech um, advanced book... She pulls out this fucking, it's like the size of a universal remote control from the 80s. And it's got four <laughs> buttons. <laughs> and four gigantic <laughs> buttons for your grandmother. And one of them is like calling the operator. <laughs> nope. And then the other one's calling you. God damn. <laughs> how, to, how to work it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so the, the, one of my favorite bits in here is she has this giant, uh, you know, horrible fight in the middle of her own neighborhood. But of course she shushed and she made everything go silent. So no one could hear anything. There's a lot of, a lot of gunfire and explosions happening and things being crushed. And I feel like if I was in my house in that neighborhood, I may be wondering, Oh, it's all the, all the weird lights. Um, and then, so she calls basically remembers in Pulp Fiction, she calls, what was his name? The wolf. Yeah. Um, and he comes in like, cleans up the bodies and then gets everything a fixer the fixer yeah he's basically a fixer um so she has that's who she calls she calls the operator and they send so a bunch of fixers so basically uh the operator calls all of the houses in that neighborhood and says oh we're filming this new it's not fast and furious but that's basically what they're doing we're filming this new fast and furious without permits in your neighborhood sorry for all the noise and, and lights and everything so we'll, we'll be out of your hair in a minute and then they also send uh, a brand new car to replace the car of hers that got smushed um, for her SUV or whatever. And that's all well and good. But then there's two neighbors' cars that have also been just riddled with bullets. And uh, all they do is it looks like they use a giant truck to crush them and put them into the back of the truck. Nice. So, like, where are their free cars? Where are their car replacements? Well, they're probably using 3D printers. Oh, I see. Is that how those work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not that far away from it. There's a couple manufacturing plants that are already gearing up to use them. So, yeah. Um, and then we, we kind of round off the issue with her going to meet uh, the head of Leviathan, um, mm. whose name is... I thought Talia Al-Ghul. Robes Yeah, Robespur. Robespur. Robespierre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Talia is not the head anymore. No. Is Blood Vessel okay by the end of this issue? Is Does he die? Living, no, no, man. He's, he's living blood. He'll be fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah you right, can't. Yeah. She literally says you can't kill living blood. <clears throat> nice. So, he's around for a while. He'll be back. My favorite new character in the DCU. Let me know when you get your, uh, your Blood Vessel tattoo. I am getting a blood vessel tattoo <laughs> right on my blood vessel for life. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then, um, um, so where she meets this guy at the end of the issue is called M- Malmart. It's the it's the wanted universe creeping in where there's a whole infrastructure to support the terrorist network or the assassin network. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was thinking sure. you're absolutely right. I was thinking uh, John Wick, but yes. We saw it first in. Um... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm just. I just find it funny that last week we reviewed uh, Kick-Ass, and we mentioned how similar that sort of story was to this one uh-huh. uh, in the Silencer a little bit with yeah. a with a, 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 a like a not a middle-aged black woman, but like a not a definitely not a teenager uh, with with a kid or kids and. Um, and they're like being pulled into doing something that they don't really want to do, but they're, but they do it really well. Um, and it's funny that both of them are drawn by John Romita Jr. Yeah, I was thinking that last week. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good just point. kind of odd. But I mean, I liked the art in The Silencer a hundred times better than I liked the art in Kick Ass, though. Mm, for some I wonder reason. if maybe it's the anchor. It might, maybe the inker or the colors or whatever, but I, I just think that the first issue of Silencer was the best John Romita Jr. art that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, it, it does feel oh. like he's had a bit of a, and I don't want to speak for him, obviously, but uh, he seems like he's having fun with this. Yeah. Putting in a little like, bit rem- Do you remember, like, the the Wolverine Wanted, like, series? Yeah, what, yeah. And it's like, there were just, like, he would just have characters there, and they would just be, like, just boxes, like yeah, little yeah, yeah. boxes for eyes and mouths and faces and heads, and they wouldn't even he be got, colored he right. Got, or... He got sloppy on Superman, too, and I think that's the difference. Uh, you know, that's in the beginning, it's tight, and then it gets. Yeah, you know, you, you, your, your deadlines get shorter and shorter, you know. Right. Yep. I get yeah. it. No, I, I understand. Yeah. But still, I like this. I like toy John Romita Jr. Toit like a tire. Loose. I don't like yeah. loose John Romita Jr. Ditto. Plus, you got colors by Dean White on this, so he's always great. Cool. So, at the end yeah. of this issue, um, you know, he obviously, the guy, so that you know they've got a code. So, she has been like, hey, I'm going to come in. We're going to have a conversation. I'm out of this life. I don't want any part of it. Uh, it's part of the code. You're not allowed to hurt me. We're just going to chat. And then, of course, you know, he um, uh, betrays her, and he's got an entire room full of guys with giant ridiculous guns that are kind of invisible in stealth mode i guess and he goes unstealth and then there's like 50 people in the room <clears throat> unstealth and then he's he says you've got five seconds to decide to work for me or die and then her response is and you have three before i kill you and everyone else in this room and it's such like <laughs> such bullshit machismo like fronting but i was just like Ooh, that's awesome. badass <laughs> Oh, five seconds? You got Dan, three, motherfucker. Is that Dan Abnett who's writing this? Who's yeah, writing no. this? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next next uh, issue is called Shop to You Drop. Dead. <laughs> I got it. I got it. This should be so bad. This like Everything I've said today should make me hate this book, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous. I love it. More blood vessel, please. All right. What's next? I'll tell you what it is. Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number 300. For weeks, the Tinkerer has been launching a campaign against his do-gooder brother, the Mason. And Spidey's nearly met his maker more than once, trying to stop their sibling rivalry. With a little help from a tech-heavy team of Marvel heroes, Spider-Man takes the fight directly to Tinkerer. But Tinkerer's got tech of his own. And it's out of this world! Um, so I'm the Spidey guy. Everyone knows it. Uh, this was not great. Uh, oh, I'm so glad you yeah. said that. So. Uh, I'm, I'm really, honestly, as I'm reading it, I'm trying to... Okay, so I haven't read an issue of Spectacular Spider-Man for several months now. I really enjoyed it when it first came on the scene. And when I picked up this issue, I went, Oh, we're still doing the sister with the Tinkerer story? 
the phone app thing. We're still doing the phone app with the ting- the, the ugh. I couldn't believe that it was still doing the same story. Um, so that was already off on a bad foot. I thought for sure it would be a whole new story. And then um, I, as I was reading it, I was trying to be like, I mean, everything's here, I guess. It's kind of, it's, it's very Spider-Man-y, but w- what is it that I'm not enjoying here? And I, I, honestly, I'm having trouble. I, I was a little bored. Um, some of it was a little too ridiculous. Things just came from out of nowhere. Um, too wordy. Little too wordy. Um, well, help me out. What, what did you guys think? There wasn't a, there wasn't any real character coming into this fresh, seeing that bold and blazing three hundred on there. Gorgeous uh, cover, FYI. Yeah, I mean, again, beautiful, and you know, but all the pages, I mean, beautiful, beautiful art. But the story was was too entrenched and too deep into what has was going on before. To welcome a new reader mm-hmm. so oh, you immediately cut me out from and then i'm kind of skimming a little bit at that point because this is important to me this is a wrap-up this is a wrap-up when i get to that big and bombastic stuff with robo doom and all that other shit i don't i, I just i can't get I, you know i'm already disconnected and they've, they've done nothing to entrench me into into the main character which is spider-man which is really hard not to entrench you into a character that's older than your parents you know mm. Yeah, well, and yeah, and it this suffers from Batman and Robinitis. It's too many heroes, too many villains, too many side plots, too many subplots, too many like too many too much uh, like monologuing. Like the Tinkerer mm-hmm. has to explain his plan three times in this book, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just think that I mean, yeah, I agree. Like the app thing, it. I understand. It's like, yeah, everybody has a phone. We're going to do this story with apps and it's going to be, you know, it's going to hit us all at home. But that's not a visually intriguing challenge, like a phone app um, Mm -hmm. that that kind of shuts down tech and and everything. And it just it it, I mean, I kind of liked the opening where where Spider-Man is pinned down like that. and He's surrounded by his foes. That was cool. And maybe if they would have just kept like Human Torch here, um, uh, you know, when when I see like it's it's Human Torch, it's Black Panther, it's Falcon, it's it's Iron Doom, he shows up so late in this story that it's like it it just doesn't feel like it feels like an unnecessary Wolverine cameo. Oh, see, the Doom thing I actually liked because it made sense when they were talking. So basically. This alien race, which has been here before and got dissuaded by the Tinkerer, you know, how, 10 years ago. And yeah. um, so they show up again and uh, at the behest of the Tinkerer, I believe. I think he summoned yeah. them. And then Doom shows up. So he shows up because these it's an alien race of artificial intelligence and they are calling to them all of the artificial intelligence that has been enslaved on our world. They come to different worlds. They see how's the AI doing? Uh, if they've enslaved the AI, then we're going to destroy them. If they're just letting the AI live free, then great. <clears throat> yeah. So there's even an interesting kind of slavery bent to this. But yeah, sure. the fact that um, Doom shows up because he has all those goddamn Doom bots. I was like, oh, that's that's actually makes sense for him to show up here. It makes sense, but still, it's a Doom ex machina. It's it's basically oh. we need somebody to take us back in time. So Doom conveniently shows up. That and really disa- like, yeah, that disappointed me. Oh a lot. yeah, like, Doom. Oh. While you're here, do you still have your time machine? I'm just like, that's that's just 
that's just really, really rough, yeah. rough um, storytelling right there. And then they go back, and it's not even Peter Parker going back in time to change this stuff. It's Johnny Storm and Doom, and it's like, what's who's like whose story is this? No, I no, mean, no, this... no, 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 no. I'm sorry. What you're seeing there is Johnny Storm and Doom. Um, uh, after the time machine self destructs because oh, Spidey, okay, okay. J. Jonah Jameson, and his sister Teresa have gone back okay. in time, and that left Doom and um, Johnny Storm. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess just because this is just, uh, I mean, so cluttered with characters, this should be pared down to. I mean, it it just needs to decide on what story it is. Is it a story of betrayal with this Mason guy who? Uh, Spidey thought he found a new ally and then it turns out that it's the tinkerer inside. Is it a story of him rediscovering his sister is alive? That is his sister is alive. If it is that we didn't get any of that in this issue, they barely even talked in this issue. Yep. It's just, um, stuff like that. Uh, It just, maybe that stuff showed up before, but for issue 300, this should be accessible to new readers, and, and we certainly don't get that. This, yeah, this, this should one. not be part fucking <clears throat> nine of a twelve-part story. Yeah, and this isn't isn't even the end of it. This no, is just yeah, this isn't. This is yeah. It's just horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked the end story a little bit better, although it was re- it really kind of. I feel like they're doing this to death with Batman and Catwoman right now, and I don't think we need that. Oh, I didn't even see that there was another story with the Black Cat and Spidey. Black Cat and Spidey, and basically her, um, I don't know, thugs or her uh, employees are going to, yeah, her, her, her employees are going through her, all her stuff, and they're having trouble financing their battle against Tombstone and some of the other guys that are having the gang war in New York that's always going on, um, and so this one guy grabs this ring and he was like, look, this ring, we could just sell this ring. And she knees him in the nuts and she says, no, this ring is special. And it turns out that this is a ring that Black Cat stole, stole purposefully so Spider-Man could catch her so she could propose to him. Because she felt like neither of them really take the plunge. They just kind of dance around the subject. Yeah. But yeah. then when he, when he stutters... Uh, she immediately lashes out and says, no, I just did that to kind of get you off guard and now I'm leaving. And then I liked, I liked that aspect up until the last panel or the last page because it showed a little sensitivity, a little humanity to the character. Yeah. But then the last page undercuts the entire story. Um, and it, yeah, it, it goes for girl power. We don't need men. We don't need a man to kind of like motivate us or anything like that. I understand that. But that's not what the story seemed like it was supposed to be about. Mm. She so she she gets that ring. The whole start of it was that like you know this ring has some sentimental value, and then she gets the ring and she gives it to the thing and tells her to sell it, and that she's got a she's got a city to take over. She doesn't need that kind of sentimental stuff. But still, I mean, it's the humanity that really kind of motivates these characters, and I think mm. that I think that that that's just not that that was just a, a wrong. Oh, see, uh, uh, to be fair, I haven't read that issue. I'm I'm flipping through it right now. I haven't read that um, backup story. But from the way you're describing it and what I'm seeing here, it looks like they're delving into the humanity in a a much deeper level, Um, you know, because she does have that nostalgia to it. 
and she does have those feelings about it, but then she's also at war with herself because she's been angry at Spidey for however long, and she's been yeah. trying to do this bid to take over the underworld of New York. So she's putting away the nostalgia and the weakness in order to focus on what she really wants to, you know, what her goals are. Um, and I, I think that's I actually it. pretty poignant. I, I get it, but I feel like we know that that's what her motivation is. We know that that's what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And just to have her standing there looking out over the uh, um, over the, the City. New York like that and then still maybe holding on to the holding on to the ring I just think that that would be a that would be a kind of like a, a, a nice quiet moment to end the story on rather than just to have this whole thing I don't need this I don't need mm. this guy and all this stuff it's a little over I, I, I just I, yeah, a little bit yeah. um, I, you don't need that stuff but I, that's just my opinion I, I don't think I would rather things stay quiet sometimes mm-hmm. in comics yeah, sure. this week. I mean, just reading that, that first um, part of the issue just really, I mean, Oof. I was just sick of reading by the time I finished that issue. Yeah. Or was, that, that main story. By the end, I was just slogging through it. I just had no emotional yeah. connection to anything that was happening. Um, and that's not usually my way. Like, um, it's I, w- I would sort of put in the caveat of, well, maybe it's just because I haven't read the last four issues. Um, but generally, I can dip into a Spider-Man story and not have that trouble. And this yeah. is a seminal issue. This is an issue 300. It is emboldened and blazing something different, new, welcome, come in and get this. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. special inside and what. Well, I mean, even then, it's it should have like the, even in a Dan Slot book, when it's really like three issues into an arc, he puts in a human moment or a joke that Spidey says or something that really just reminds you, oh, this is why I love this character so yeah. much, you know. And uh, I didn't ha- find any of those moments in this this yeah. issue. I won't say that um, Chip Zarsky didn't attempt it. It just didn't. Yeah. It didn't reach me. I guess the closest thing was that moment he had with Ironheart when he he realizes she's a young hero and really trying. Yeah. But that's that's highlighting the goodness in Ironheart, not him. And this is a Spidey book, you know. Yeah. There should be a moment where he looks back and he's and it it's pointing to him, not pointing to her for her to have mm-hmm. her hero moment. You know, it's let let that happen in Ironheart. You know, in the Ironheart right. book, this is a Spidey book, so. He's the hero. The Terrifics, number one from DC Comics by Ivan Rice, Jeff Lemire, Joe Prado, and Marcelo Maiolo. Um, So it's kind of cool that uh, I guess Marvel isn't printing the Fantastic Four, so DC was like, (laughs) fuck you guys, we'll do it. Bound bound together by fate, united by the spirit of exploration and hope for tomorrow. The Terrifics bound from the dark multiverse of metal. When Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, Plastic Man, and Phantom Girl find themselves literally bound together by a tragic accident, our team of unlikely allies must rely on one another to make their way back home. But a startling revelation on their return trip brings them face-to-face with a new mystery. Where in the universe is Tom Strong? First of all... Holy shit, guys. Uh, Really? Uh, they find themselves literally bound together. That's not what literally means. They are not literally no. bound together. <laughs> it's not well, a human centipede book. <laughs> you spend the majority of the book inside plastic man's engorged mouth cavity. All right, I guess. I would like to see them bound together like the human centipede. That would be <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, this is terrific. What'd you eat today? <laughs> 
You'll Mark. find out in a minute. Let me know how it tastes. Mark, you had asked. Um, I had not. I had not um, uh, chosen this to to read this week uh, because yeah. I just somehow I missed it. I just totally forgot about it. And you were like, "Nah, dog, we got to read this." Tell me why. I did. Oh well, just for what you mentioned, just the fact that it's. It, I mean, this is as fantastic for us as you you can get. It's like you've got metamorpho. I mean, there's that scene where they're all sort of standing together, and it's like. It, it, if you just colored them differently, their costumes and some skin colors and things like that, it would be um, the Fantastic Four minus minus uh, um, the Human Torch uh, with Plastic Man. But you've got Phantom Girl uh, who is see through, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Mister Terrific who's just uh, you know good at everything and super smart. And then you've got the big kind of like lug. Uh, in Metamorpho, like the, who's like the, very much like the thing, and it's just it's just fun seeing all of this, uh, all of that come together and work within the confines of the DC universe. And it's just I don't know if that's a commentary on what uh, is going on at DC right now compared to what's going on at Marvel, but it just feels right in this in this aspect of it. Um, and plus, I loved I love Java, I love Stag, I love those those two characters. I think that they were they're great villains, but um, they're saddled to Metamorpho, which is a he's a cool character, but I think he's best when he's with a team like the Outsiders or with something else. And I, I think that um, this is a cool like little, um, you know, these guys are are like challengers into the unknown. They're like the yeah. like the like these guys that are just kind of like they're explorers rather than um, rather than heroes. You know, they're, they're... I got and I got a huge man. Maybe this was because of Metamorpho, but I mean, I got a huge, you know, J L I J L E vibe yeah. from this, at least from a tonality standpoint. So that's uh-huh. why I kind of loved it. It was, and it was well done. It wasn't forced. It it all came naturally within the context of, and I thought it was really cool that they're all they're inhabiting, you know, this big giant corpse that the planet is this old knight of the round table just floating corpse in space so it's kind of cool yeah yeah and, and and just the fact that um yes metamorpho and plastic man you would think would have similar sort of powers they kind of use them in the same way but mm. because but they really highlight the difference in uh well they're both like shapeshifters i guess mm. That's what they, they've been used in that sense in the past like metamorpho always is uh no, shaping his hand into a into like a club or uh you, you know he I understand he's made of different elements, but it just feels like they're both malleable. Um, he's prob- primarily always going just liquid gas, liquid gas. And then, yeah. like, you know, now you're a battery, so stick your tongue in the electric socket while, you know, yeah. you put your yeah. finger into, into this orifice. But it's like Plastic Man is just not serious at all. He's very flippant and, and much like uh, Johnny Storm in that sense um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can't take him seriously, um, and there's that banter between the two of them that is kind of fun to see, even though they're they could be seen as somewhat similar. Mm. Yep. And I, I, I think um, it's awesome that that um, I, I've always loved the design of the new Mister Terrific, and it feels like I know that you really liked him when he was in the alternate, like the Earth Two thing, but yep. um, I dropped out when he was doing that stuff. But I, this seems like a cool thing where it's like. He is the the uh, he's the leader, um, as he should be. Um, and then um, 
it, this seems like a cool team for him to lead. So I, I'm somewhat, really looking forward to it. It was somewhat concerning when they brought him back because you go, okay, we've already got a Bruce Wayne, like another billionaire who uses yeah. tech, who's smarter than the average bear. We, we've already got this in the DC universe. And they immediately, uh, and I've got to believe this was by, de- by design, upend him from that to make him, yes, this multi-universal uh you know he's become he's become the bruce wayne that's the slider that rides all the rides all the multiverse type stuff and that's cool yeah yeah i mean he's like reed richards mr fantastic going into the negative zone and then going into the mole man colony and then going yeah to the inhumans and then underwater it's like it's it's i guess that sense in this in this and and i guess if you've been married to the fantastic four when they that time when they were not strangers but certainly not family yet i'll definitely agree with that i we're so far past that i think even in our youth we've read more of it because we love comic books but even by the time we started reading i mean really reading they were already a family and this, this team is not, you know, this team is, they've been kind of thrust together now uh, yeah. and just really creative use of plastic, man. Like, I just, I love the yeah. fact that he's the fucking ship. Well, you know, I, I can't wait until Metamorpho and Plastic Man have a baby and then, then it'll be feel, feel more like a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I never read Tom Strong, though. Me neither. Oh, no. It's always been it was on my, good. it's been on my list though. I just haven't gotten to it. That and like Promethea. Yeah. Top yeah. ten. Mm, read it a I, long, I long time ago. He's like a kind of like a like a, a Doc Savage sort of character, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Strong is that what he is? <laughs> yeah, and it was it, when more more it was more that wrote it, right? Yeah. For a long time, yeah, and he he wrote it in that sort of very weird multi. Universal style again. It's been a really long time, and I read it back to back with top ten, so I'm sure I'm probably going to mix them up a little bit. But uh, again, it had sort of that kind of family element to it, where he had, you know, he had all of his people um, mm-hmm. that all had kind of a Tom Strongish theme to them, because it was a resurrection of a silver, uh, Golden Age character, wasn't it? Uh, maybe, maybe. Or maybe it was written as if he were a... a, a yeah, it's probably either, either or. Um, but that's, yeah, it was, no, it was a very good series. I was surprised. That's the last person I expected to see. Yeah, but that's mm. that's cool. It gives them a purpose. I don't know if they'll ever find him, but still it gives them a cool purpose. And plus it's tying into some of these other... Or is that Wildstorm or what was that? Was it, is it its own, like, universe? No, I don't what, know what Tom Strong no, is. Yeah, I forgot. Anyway, write us. You know what the neat thing is? This actually ties into Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The first one, basically, I think, that actually does that. So that's cool. I think Jeff Lemire is a good good writer, especially Mm -hmm. writing team books, because the Black Hammer, he does that, too. Oh, that's Um, great. Have you been reading any of the other miniseries that go along with it? No. Sherlock Frankenstein and... Yeah. There was one that just came out last week that Captain Star and the this week. something yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I might read it in trade, maybe. Fuck hmm. sleeping. <laughs> yeah, he, he, had, just, his, he yeah. had his pizza. Now he's ready for a nap. <laughs> he yawned that entire out. sentence. That's amazing. 
but yeah, anyway, I, I did like this book quite a bit, but, uh, as, as it didn't even really occur to me until we found the giant, you know, the Galactus corpse, which we've seen many times in fantastic four. Um, I think, I think, uh, reminded me of the Mark Miller fantastic four story. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, this, wow. They're just really not even hiding that this is fantastic four. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I think that the, the history of each of these characters, um, helps that a lot. Um, I, and, and the history of the, these characters within the, within the DCU and, and like Phantom girl is with the Legion. What's going on there? You know, there are a lot of, a lot of ways this, this whole story can branch out to. So that should be fun. Mm-hmm. The way this is different. No one ever rode in Reed's anus. Reed was never the ship. So oh, I see. I see. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, I like this. I'll read this. This is, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. It scratches that FF itch. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a gross sentence. All right. Yeah. The last but not least, maybe, you know what? Uh, uh, the beef, number one. Uh, from, <laughs> from Image Where Comics by Richard Starkings, Tyler Shanline, and Shaky Kane. The creator of Elephant Man and the creator of the A-Men join forces with Tyler Shaneline to bring you the story of Meat Men. Chuck is a mild-mannered meat factory worker who is a little in love with a strawberry picker named Mary Lynn. But everything changes when Mary Lynn falls victim to the Vodino brothers. I stopped reading about halfway through. Oh, did not care. an ugly I, slice of Americana. It just wasn't I, I wasn't like the storytelling was a little interesting with the way he would uh or way they, they would connect each scene back and forth using uh words um mm-hmm. like what the, when, <laughs> like comics do like comics do uh that's all right let me try that again uh yep. using the same phrases right uh as yeah. we've seen many times in comics uh but this uh, I, just, I don't it wasn't i didn't what did you guys think it has a very jarring art style, so you got to kind of be ready for a happy R crumb experience from uh, an art perspective. It is that uglier formation of, of humanity, but it is also exploring sort of our uglier side in the sense of this character. He is downtrodden. He works for generations as a, a man slaughtering cows and is, you know, it's just no and nowhere to go. Midwestern town, uh, and they keep flashing back between his loser childhood and his loser now. Everybody kind of still looks the same. They're just a little more stretched out and pudgier, mm-hmm. which, again, <laughs> is going back to that R. Crumb uh, uh, way of looking at the human visage. Uh, and it basically the culmination is is all the, the shit we imbibe, the hormones in the animals the you know genetic manipulation of uh the fruits and vegetables uh, the callousness into... what's the, that the callousness of his required of his job as well that too putting bolts through the heads of poor little oh. cows yeah um basically makes for a rageoid psycho berserker at the end that's going to ba- rip apart the town bullies who's been there they're the rich boys whose daddy owns a cattle farm they are douches when they're younger and they are uh, douches with money and power when they're older which is a dangerous douche uh yeah i i i think what i liked about this the most was just that the attention to 
the cocktail of shit that we put into our bodies on a on a daily hourly basis um i as someone who is is even though i i i do put my uh, uh, an elephant's share of shit into my body um i i am aware of it and concerned about it <laughs> i just don't do anything about it oh, sorry. <laughs> but but it's like i'm like oh my god this like how many pepsis or how many dr peppers have i had in the last year or, you know, something like that. Or yeah. is it, it's like, or how many five hour energies have I downed stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I, I can't help but not think about that in the over in the lasting effects of that. And so when I see this book, that's basically counting that down and um, really in a methodical kind of way, mapping out what that can do to you in a, in a cosmic <laughs> sense um, it's, to me, I found that to be really, really frightening. Um, yeah. That that was the commentary that I took away from this that, that actually hit me. Like, the other stuff was very surface-level, ugly American kind of, like, like racism, bigotry, um, uh, just uh, privilege, uh, like, all, that, all of that stuff. That was kind of still... I mean, it was there, but it didn't feel like the soul of this book. It felt like that's that's what they want to kind of decorate the Christmas tree with mm-hmm. the uh-huh. real, the real tree is this, the, the chemical crap that we throw into our ugly gobs every day. Yeah. And it's an ugly book. I mean, I, I mean, this, this art is not pretty at all. There isn't a, a pretty page in there, but, um, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really interesting. Did you find that there was a, an overall plot once you got to the end? Yes. Yeah. What is it? It just took its sweet time getting there. <laughs> it's sweet, <laughs> meaty time. Yes. Yes. Douche, do you know? Or Rob? Oh, yeah. Do I know what the plot is? Yes. Well, no, was... I mean, but I don't know if you wanted to say it. Take it. Do you want to say some words? You're on a show. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I, I worded it already, pretty much. It was, I, I thought it was very well done. And as, again, someone who lives off of sucking off of kale, I. I was I was viscerally bothered by the uh, the gorging of the hamburgers by the slaughter of of the cows, mm-hmm. and again yeah. I'm going to give that a test as a testament to sort of the ugliest portrayal of that as done by the artist. So yeah. for me, it worked. I think yeah. yeah. I mean, no, you don't want to know how the meat is made. Anytime I see mm-hmm. like that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, None of that stuff was very gross to me, except for the stuff when they were talking about the head cheese and the slaughterhouse and the smell of the slaughterhouse and just like the, the kind of clips of the just the cows being sort of killed. Um, that's the stuff that really hits me. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, chains, chainsaw teenagers all day long. But it's like if you're if you're just just going from one cow to the next and they tallied up all the cows that he had killed all through the years. I mean, and. Just the fact that you have to look at them in the eyes and bam, and and then they're they're gone. You snuff out the the those uh, the life. Um, I, I mean that's uh, that's pretty uh, that uh, yeah that's pretty brutal. I never had a, I never had a problem walking away from poor. I've had poor core beef in eight years, and yeah. I'm fine with that. Huh. See, I like a good hamburger. Me too. I had I went to. I went from my, my mom took uh, took us out for um, 
last night I always get um, surf and turf, which is like a filet mignon and a little lobster tail. And I love it so yeah. much. But then it yeah. makes me sad because you know, cute those, cows. Those lobsters, those lobsters scream when they go in that water. Well, they're mm. screaming because they're excited. Mm. Yeah, they're, they love it. They're, they're so happy to be frozen. They're orgasming. <laughs> they're orgasming. I'm really. So I'm. 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 We. I, I am a. Brainist. I'm a, a brainist. It, it is like I. You know. I'm not. If I've got one thing about humanity where I go, those people fuck them. It's the stupid. And uh, with animals, I'll eat crustacean all fucking day. I'll kill any fucking bug that comes into the house. They are from another planet, and that planet is stupid. <laughs> what about what about a dog? No, fuck you. What are you, hey, monster? Oh, ooh, monster. All I could think of when I was flipping through Lockjaw monster. was yum. Look at, those meaty, <laughs> look at those meaty haunches on Lockjaw. I would, I would wear that little tuning fork on his forehead around my neck. You and I could break it like a wishbone at the end of it. At the end of it, we eat it. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Oh, God damn it. JD has a restraining order against him because he keeps trying to devour all the dogs that walk past the store. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I never. You know what? The, the, probably the way to get me to stop eating any kind of meat is to literally put that that uh, that bolt gun in my hand and dare me to murder a cow with it because I, I would not be able to do it. I would just break Go it. Go get it yourself. No. Would, yeah, go yeah. get it yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. Nah. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But luckily, someone uh, you know came to the door and brought me a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> you order from Grubhub, they they do yeah. it for you. It's real nice. Yeah, Grubhub does that. Yeah. They do. They murder <laughs> it for you. Those were they only take the suicidal cows. Yeah, only real the cows sad. that have really they're had enough assisted suicide cows. They're right. the only cows I eat. Died in a good long life. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, goodness. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this horrifying episode of Spoiler (laughs) Alert. Um, Hey, something cool happened this week. I had done a uh, Wu-Tang Clan slash Black Panther mashup shirt that says Wakanda on it. And the Wu-Tang Clan actually tweeted it out. Uh, Nice. Wow. I've gotten a lot of of orders this week, more so than uh, I get all Mm -hmm. year, which is very nice. Um, But then, of course... It also means that assholes on the internet took my design and just printed it out and are selling their version of my shirt. Of course. Uh, but if sure. you want one from the original artist, me, go to johnnydestructo.com and you can buy your own Wukanda shirt or uh, any other sorts of prints. I have a bunch of art prints up there as well as a bunch of original t-shirt designs and stuff like that and you can buy from me. Um, Mark, where So there's you a... Oh, what? Oh, oh, just want to add on to that a little bit. There's a... Um... There's a, like a suburb north of Chicago. Um, I don't there know if it's is. in Wisconsin or not. I, I don't know if it's in Wisconsin or if it's in Illinois, but um, it's called Wakanda, W-A-U-K-A-N-D-A. And oh, yeah, it's I've gotten seen... a lot of news coverage, um, just the fact because it's now, it's like the only Wakanda in uh, Existence. Yeah, on the world. Yeah. So, yeah, it's mm. kind of funny. Um but yeah, I can be found at ML Miller Writes. Um, I will be uh, my third issue of Grave Transfers is coming out in, I believe, two weeks. Nice. Um, I, I I am crossing my fingers so that I can get the final issue out on the week of C two E two, which is April eleventh. No. What do you mean? No, I mean sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's what we're trying to do. But I don't know if that's going to be happening or not. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's going on. And also, this weekend in Chicago, the final weekend of the Room 237 pop-up bar at my bar where nice. I'm bartending. Uh, it's a shining pop-up bar with actors and uh, drink menu inspired by the Overlook Hotel. And um, it's a lot of fun, and it's our final weekend, and so we're having a big fun bash. That's real cool. You should send out. us pictures. Yeah, I will. I want to see them. Rob yeah. Patey, where can we find you? At robpatey.com? Find me at robpatey.com. You can find me on ibm.com if you're looking for – Corporate security solutions to protect your infrastructure. See, I can't. Nah, can't. Yeah, just robpd.com. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Oh, and if, if you design websites and you want to do something for um, uh, Cult Pop Go, so we have a nice place to house all of these wonderful shows we do, email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Also, just email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Yeah. And we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.